Yay. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Miss Kayla. I'm so excited to have you here. We just recorded an episode um, last week or the week before, and I actually haven't listened to it yet, but if you guys have heard that episode, um, make sure you let us know, show us some love. And I'm so excited to bring you to my space and introduce you to my audience for those who don't know you yet. Um, so if you wanna give like a little quick intro of who you are, maybe on paper <laughs> and yeah, just say hi. Okay, thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be recording. We had so much fun having you as a guest. It's really choppy. It's like really freezy. No. Maybe if I go on my hotspot, but I feel like that might make it worse. It was so clear, like the whole time we were chatting was it like chit like making small talk before for me at least is it because you're recording now for some reason i don't know but now it's good <laughs> okay should we go again or what do you want to do yeah we'll go again if it fucks up then we will um i'll switch over to my hotspot Okay. Okay, cool. Um, can you hear my dog? No. No. Okay. Okay, cool. Because she's, I have this door shut. I'm like, what's wrong? I, what, I can't put her outside because it's like 100 degrees, but she's loud. Um, do you want me to just restart with the answer or do you want to re-ask the question so it sounds like more natural? <laughs> um, you can, you can just start. Yeah. Okay. I should be able to clip that. Okay. Yeah, thank you for having me. We had so much fun having you on my podcast, and I'm really happy to be here. So a little bit about me. Um, I'm from Idaho, born and raised, no siblings or anything, and I had a really interesting upbringing. Uh, my grandma actually raised me from the age of four, and I just had a lot of experiences that occurred in my life that allowed me to kind of always have that saying where people would call me an old soul or like, oh, you're so mature for your age kind of a thing. And uh, it was kind of interesting, like growing up and always just thinking bigger and wanting more. And uh, I went through school and just kind of never really felt like I fit in very well. Um, wasn't really interested in what everyone else was doing. I just kind of wanted to get out of school. So I actually ended up graduating high school a full year early just because I wanted to escape and see what else was out there in the world. And through that, after after uh, finishing high school, I decided to go to college because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And that's like the typical, like, if you don't know, like, why don't you just go in debt for, you know, a couple grand and, and see if you have anything that that sparks your interest. So I did that for a little bit. And then I just decided that I was just not feeling it. I had really avoided so much of my childhood and just things that had happened. And I was focusing on just staying busy for so long that I was really prolonging the inevitable of having, you know, trauma and things coming back up into my life. And I was so caught off guard and I was a little bit offended that all this stuff that I thought I had dealt with wasn't dealt with and it was coming back to the surface. 
So through, you know, not wanting to go to college anymore, I started a business and real estate, which was the cherry on top to really like, how long can Kayla avoid, you know, all the things that have happened (laughs) to her. And uh, it's been interesting. I feel like my story is, is really unique because I am totally an open book. Like there's nothing that I just am not open to sharing with people because I think when, when we know like the crevices and the cracks and the details of someone's story and what they've been through, we're able to like piece together like where they are now and how it all kind of fits like a puzzle piece. Um, so I... I'm trying to think. I feel like I just glanced over all of that. We'll go into it. I have questions. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, hmm. What else do I want to say? It's so weird. I'm like drawing a full blank here. Okay. Um, hmm. This never happens. That's weird. Um, okay, college and then. What did I say? What what did I end with? You you started I'm saying being like, like spiritually attacked right now. I'm like, what is this? I'm <laughs> just never happy. <laughs> it's it's totally fine. It happens to me all the time. Um you were saying that you like started in real estate and you were like, hmm, how long can I how long can oh, I yeah. avoid this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's really common for a lot of us that we have a coping mechanism, whether it's being distracted it could be school it could be working it could be shopping it could be picking really you know unhealthy partners and friends and something that i've really allowed myself to look at as i look through what i've accomplished and what i've been through is how a lot of times we're responsible for what happens and we're responsible for how we take our power back with certain things and like what we choose to do with that Um, And we can't control anyone but ourselves. And that's been a really big lesson for me in my journey that, you know, maybe I can't focus on anything else, but I can really focus on how I feel and what I do with it. And so through the hardships, challenges, and the even like the really amazing times that I've had, the ups and the downs, I've really wanted to be able to share and showcase what it's like to grow up with like certain experiences and trauma and things and how that does not have to keep you in a low spot for your whole life. Um, Mm. And I think that sometimes we see people that are doing so well and it's really easy to think that they haven't been through anything because you see them and they're happy and everything's good and really just transformed but some of the most best people have been through the hardest things. And so I just want to help play a role and to show that for other people that you can, you can change your life can totally flip around and it's all about how you handle things and what you do with it. Mm-hmm. Totally. I love that explanation and um, getting to hear a little bit more into your story of where you've come from and the things that you've accomplished. And I love that you said that you're an open book because I think that vulnerability is so important, especially when you are also helping others, which you're a coach now, um, which is beautiful. And I think that is what makes coaching really powerful and really significant is having the opportunity to share our experiences to help 
build some normalcy and give some more clarity to our clients. Like I, I just love that piece of it. Yeah, I agree. We have to be, there's a, there's a really big piece of being relatable and I don't want to cross like I haven't been through hell and back because I have, but that's what makes it beautiful because we can help people that are in different places and mm. we, we kind of have this like roadmap that we can, we can share with them. Mm. Yeah. So beautiful. Um, so I'd love for you to give a little bit more insight into what some of those experiences were, um, you know, growing up living with your grandma and just different things between when, just between like growing up and when you finally developed the awareness that was like, okay, I'm avoiding a lot of shit right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's go back to, let's go back to the beginning. Um, my parents were both extremely young when I was born. They were like a week over being 18 for both of them. And it's kind of funny. I was supposed to be born in between their birthdays. That would have made us all Scorpios. So for all of my astrology people, like they're like, no, like that'd be so bad. Like having, having three of those together, like mm -mm, we'll take anything else, any other sign, not, not a Scorpio sign. And, uh, so I was born and then, you know, obviously I don't remember a ton from like being a baby, but I do remember not feeling like not feeling loved for my parents. And I don't know if it was because they were having their own, you know, generational trauma passed down from like their upbringings, or if they're really so young, like, holy crap, we have a baby. Like, what do we do with this thing? And uh, I don't think it was like intentional by any means, but when you're young and you have that uh, high awareness and you're, you are conscious and like, you could just feel it that kind of sticks with you. Cause we're so impressionable from like, when we're really small, I think it's like under seven, I believe they say like, that's where you develop like the majority of your limiting, you know, not limiting beliefs, but unconscious beliefs and things that can really box you in with your outlook on life. And so I felt unloved. And then I had my grandma, my grandma was like overcompensating for them, right? Because she knew that, you know, this little baby needed a little bit more love and a little bit more attention. And she was also a lot, a lot older, she had more experience. And so she kind of stepped in a little bit with that. And um, as I was a toddler, I remember living with my mom in Washington with my grandpa and that was the first time that I was like sexually assaulted by a family friend, but like, I didn't actually know what was really happening until like 20 years later when those memories popped back up. So I kind of just felt off and weird around like men, but like, I couldn't pinpoint what it was. And like, that's such a weird experience to just feel like, am I crazy? Like, is something wrong here? Like why internally do I feel weird? But there's no, like, I don't remember anything. There's no reason or logic to feel this kind of way. And so it, it kind of created a divide between my mind and my body. Like what's actually real? Like, are you making something up in your head? Cause you hear that from people like, Oh, like you're fine. It's okay. And so that was the first experience that I remember. And, uh, it was kind of an ongoing thing. And um, after that, I think it was a short period of time. My mom was living with a boyfriend, very abusive. They were doing a lot of drugs, like such a bad environment. Um, and I remember like being so scared, just trying to survive, like being in that survival mode. 
um, there was like a, a line of tape across their bedroom door to where you couldn't go in there. And I was like, why? Because there's drugs in there. Like I was so smart at like three years old. I was like, you guys are just dumb. Like, I know it's, I know exactly what's going on. Like you have no idea, but whatever. And, uh, one of the babysitters that I had was like one of my mom's friends. And, uh, I remember they got in a really big argument. They were really physical. They were yelling at each other. And I think like he threw her like through like the coffee table and she like took me and ran out. And so there was so much that I saw from like a front row seat that like no child should have to see. And I was just like absorbing all of this being like, I do not want to live like this. Like these adults are acting like children. Like this is crazy. Like I don't want a juice box. I want water. Like what's wrong with you? Like why can't you take good care of me? And so it was a lot of just like frustration for like family and not feeling like I was being really well taken care of. Um, and my grandma had, she was living in Idaho still at the time. She had gotten a really good lawyer and there was some loophole to where she was able to have me come visit. I put quotations around visit because it was like for the summer, but in Idaho, there's a certain rule where if you leave a child without a parent for a, a period of time, it's considered abandonment. And then she filed for custody. So she was like very sneaky with the, like all this, like behind the scenes. And um, her and my mom don't have a good relationship and they still don't. So it just kind of was like, I felt like a rag doll being pulled between them of like, I didn't really know what was going on, um, but it was just really uncomfy. So I got used to that. I got used to the toxicity and the drama and the violence and and illegal things and just like not being able to be a child ever like being totally robbed of having fun and being in the moment and like you know seeing how many gushers you can stick in your like mouth at one time like that was not how I grew up at all um there were moments and glimpses but it was definitely interesting and so those were really what shaped me from you know like from a young age and as I got older, like I said from before, in like kind of my backstory, you hold on to that. And so I could see people in school that were really happy, like people that had really loving families and friends and just, they were just so, they were happy. And I wasn't that I wasn't happy, but I just felt numb. I just felt like I couldn't feel anything. And I didn't really know what that was, but I could, I was aware enough to know like there was a difference and I was missing something. Um, but my grandma was really amazing. She did put me through like therapy and she started that when I was four. And so I have like 20 years now of therapy experience, which is great, but it doesn't actually like do as well as it, as people might think. Um, and that might be kind of controversial, but I think only therapy works to the degree of your awareness. So if you're a child, right. And you don't know what sexual assault is how, and you don't remember it. How are you supposed to be able to show that, if that makes sense? Also, when I was a child, I would put rubber bands around my Barbie's arms and my legs. And I'm like, that's, that's crazy. That's insane. Like what happened? Like, that's just wild. Um, and so having all these experiences and uh, subconsciously, it really created me into someone who was just very isolated as I was a young adult. And I struggled a lot with mental health, but I couldn't figure why I kept like hearing like, oh, it's genetics. I was like, okay. Like, oh, like it's a chemical imbalance. It was like, okay. Oh, you need to be eating better and working out more. Okay. Oh, you need to try this medication. And it's like, I was doing so many things 
and it wasn't working. Like it just, it wasn't working. And so I finally started to delve into uh, different therapy experiences like EMDR and um, cranial sacral therapy. And I had to start going to like a chiropractor because I was getting a lot of like physical pains and body pains from just everything being stored. Um, and it was, it was really intense. At one point, um, the doctors didn't really know what was wrong with me. Um, and like a, a good, like span of 12 months, I had spent like $38,000 in healthcare because they couldn't figure out what was wrong. And I was like, I would be bedridden some days. I'd pass out like in my kitchen floor, just like randomly. It was just, it was like a normal thing. It was so wild. And they would do blood tests, blood, blood was fine. Like they would do all these things. And uh, I remember some doctor tried telling me like, oh, you just have Lyme disease. Oh, you just have like fibromyalgia. And I was like, I don't, I don't take that. Like imagine being diagnosed with something and your response is no, like I'm not taking that. That's not a thing. That's not, that's not my story. That's not how it ends. Um, and so through those experiences, once I got over this mountain, I was like, okay, this has to be shared because I don't see anyone else talking about this. And I'm sure there are people out there that are, and I love that. And I need to be the woman that I needed then. And I need to share all of this because I, I'll be damned if someone goes through what I went through and, and you know, accepts that diagnosis and when they don't want to, when they want to be healthy, when they know that they could be different. Mm. So powerful. So many different things are coming up for me. I have like a full page of notes that I just took during your. Sorry, I totally just like went on a rant, but. No, I I loved every second of it. Like that's, oh, that's the point of this is for you to share and give insight into your experience. Um, and I'm really proud of you for taking control of your own well-being and recognizing like, okay, just because I'm being told this, like that doesn't feel true to me. Like this does not feel like my truth. Fucking Lyme disease, fibromyalgia, like that's not what this is. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. it's something way deeper. So I'm so curious, like what was, how did that awareness develop? Like, how did you, how did you know that that was wrong and you needed to step in and take control? Like, what were your influences? What were the things that actually was helping you that led you in that direction? So with my awareness, I really believe that a lot of us are born very consciously we have certain abilities, we have certain gifts, we can do certain things and we turn them off as we get older, right? You, you're a child and you see certain things and your parents are like, oh no, like that's an imaginary friend or, oh no, like that's not possible. Like you didn't, that didn't happen. And so we shut down like mystical experiences or anything that could be considered woo woo. That's like outside of religion and outside of like the norms and so with that, when you're a child and someone that you love or someone that takes care of you was like, oh no, like that's not real. You're like, oh, got it. Abort mission. Like, and you just kind of put that to the back of your mind. It's like, well, that wasn't right. Like, yeah, I'm not, I can't do that. Or I can't see that. Or I'm making it up in my head. And so you do that. And so you kind of turn off those floodgates to being able to do those things. 
um, like I said, I remember seeing that tape on the floor and being like, mom, like you're not doing something good. Like what, why are you, why are you thinking that like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. And I was like three or four, like very, very small. Um, as far as my awareness, as I grew older, I think one of the best things that I've always done, and this might be very annoying for some people is because some people have like brought it to my attention, like family and things. Something that um, gets brought up a lot is that I question everything. And it's something I've always done, but there have been periods of my life where I really, like, I really just question it all of like why I do things the way I do them. Like, is this the best way? Is this a coping skill? Where did I learn this from? Does this belief even matter? Did this actually come from me or did it come from someone else? And I just picked it up like, you know, like a bad habit or a good habit. And when we allow ourselves to look at who we are and accept reality, not what you want it to be not what you assume it to be, but if we actually look it in the face and we accept it, everything, the good, the bad, the the neutral, and if we are able to open ourselves up to that, then we actually can see things for what they are and we can change them. If we avoid parts of ourselves or if we avoid experiences or things that are going on, if we try to forget what's already happened, your body doesn't forget. Your body always remembers and your mind always remembers. And until you come to recognize that the longer you put that off, the worse things are going to get, you'll continue your same patterns because you don't know the difference. And I also don't think people know how good they can feel. Like when you're so used to feeling low or depressed or, or anxious, or you've adopted that as part of your personality, it's going to be really hard for you to look outside of that because you've deemed that to be true. Like you put belief and energy into those thoughts and that's even amplified them even more, whether they're true or not, you get to decide that actually. Um, and so through the awareness, like with asking questions, journaling is a great tool that I've used. Um, and just sitting with myself, like I have isolated myself more than most people I know, not even because I wanted to, because I was so overwhelmed from other people's energy and being around them or loud noises or being overstimulated, you know, being around people that were so drama. Like it, when I was younger, I associated with big groups of people with like people that were doing bad things or people that were really loud or like getting into trouble. And so it, it kind of in my mind painted a picture of like, well, if I'm around a lot of people, like, you know, maybe something bad's going to happen. And so I naturally kind of isolated myself because I felt different because I was such a big thinker and a deep thinker that it would make people nervous. Like people that just want to do small talk, it would like put them off their edge because I want to know it all. Like I want to understand it all. I don't care about some superficial diagnosis or some theory or whatever. Like let's prove it. Like let's, what's the actual science or what is the, what's the root or like the cause of whatever this is. Yeah. And I, my story is so mirrored with yours in the, in the aspect of, Oh, I thought I just muted myself in the aspect of like the numbness that we both felt. And I didn't really recognize it when I was in it. I don't know if you had that awareness when you were, when you I were in it. I could just see it. the disconnect. I could see someone feeling really happy my age and look me looking at me in the mirror. And I was like, what? I don't get it. Like I see something, but I don't know. I can't, I couldn't pinpoint what it was. 
Yeah. I feel like I sort of like mirrored their energy and just like thought that that was it. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't actually like feeling it deeply. Like I know it now. Um, but it's so incredible to think about because we create safety around that. And one of the biggest breakthrough moments in my own journey so far has been like dropping into this experience of extreme emotions being safe and like feeling really high highs and that being safe and feeling excited, feeling joyful, those being safe and peace being safe, calm being safe, and also sadness and anger being safe. Like each one of those had come into my field. And once I felt like, oh my God, peace is safe. Peace is meant for me, like at full emotional release. Joy is safe. Oh my God, it is. Like shame is safe to feel. Whoa. It's just, we create safety around exactly what we know. And this is something that you touched on earlier. Um, But I think that that really develops, like that numbness really develops from the dissociation that occurs in the trauma. Mm-hmm. So for you, I mean, you, you kind of touched on this, but it was your traumas were something that you had blocked out or was it something that you kind of just pushed to the side? So the ones when I was like four and five, I was, I don't really remember. Um, I mean, they've, they've come back to my memory now, but I don't think mm-hmm. I really understood what was happening. And so I, they were fully blocked out until I was like 21. Um, and when I was like 18, 19, 20, um, my therapist was like, I wonder if you'd like, you're slightly like autistic because the way I would describe things would be black or white. There would be no emotion like in the middle. And, um, and it's funny. She tells me now she was like, I didn't even actually see the signs that you were like, sexually assaulted like that's how like that's how genius like your brain was of like being like this literally never happened like she was like I would have you know obviously done things a little bit differently um and it's not the same therapist I had when I was younger uh I've had like two different ones but um she didn't see the signs at all because I just had totally blocked it out um so I had zero memory until I was tired of like watching like like scenes of a movie that wasn't even violent or anything, but it would be like intimate. And I would just feel gross. Like I would feel squirmy. Like I'd have to get up out of my chair, even like in a movie theater, I would get up and go out of the movie theater. And I was like, why is that? Why am I doing that? Like that, like sex is normal. Like sex is a, you know, is a good thing. It's healthy. Like, why am I feeling like that? Um, And I also felt very like closed off just with intimacy with partners I never, I never felt safe. I never just really was able to enjoy anything, if that makes sense for like so long. And I didn't really have anything else to compare it to because none of my friends really like were as aware or like even thinking about the stuff I was. So I kind of felt like an, like I felt like an alien, just like no one got it. No one understood. And I was my own sounding board for a long time besides like my therapist, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it it makes total sense. I mean, at least to me, I experienced the same thing. 
Um, I not not exactly with like the squirminess and uh, not being not being okay to sit and experience that going on around me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was after I had already done the mental work, like I had done a lot of emotional release. I had gone back and forgiven. I had done so much. I had literally done a hypnosis where I went back and like saved myself. I walked myself away from the situation. Like I had released and cleared so much. And after that is actually when I struggled the most with intimacy. And I had been with my partner for like over a year and a half, two years and never anything, never a question. And then all of a sudden I was just like, I actually don't think I feel anything. Mm -hmm. So I totally relate to, and that's something I haven't talked about on my podcast yet, but I totally relate to that intimacy being a question mark and like knowing that it's good and it's healthy and it's safe with a safe partner. And also like my body still is like confusing it with something else. Mm -hmm. So is that something that you still struggle with? Or if, if you're open to sharing about that, or is it something that you've, yeah. No, I said I'm an open book. I still struggle with it, actually. Um, I think that when I was younger, I would disassociate so hard that I would float above my body and I could see myself below, Mm, right? I've read about that. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I can do it now, too. But I I can consciously do it, even if it's not something. that bad um but i think that when we go through something that's against our morals of what we feel like is right we're like well that's not me that's someone else like that didn't happen to me right and so when we when we chunk off when we um really separate or compartmentalize things um it's hard to put all those pieces back together in a, an experience that we're having right now so as our cells are talking to each other being like oh like you know, this is fine. They're not talking to the cells that have been already like shoved to the other, you know, side of the room in this other box of like, no, this is not like, okay, like, okay or not. And so they're kind of like, you're having an internal discussion, I want to say, um, through your body. And that's why mentally you can feel safe with someone you can care about them. You can love them. You can like have really good experiences with them, but your body is still like, mm, we're just not on the same page here. Like that's where that internal, like, shift or like uneasiness comes from um even if it's not like mentally clear of why it's happening still but mm-hmm. yeah I do still experience that it's not all the time but it has come up to where I'm like I thought I worked through this already okay like what else is there you know yeah. it can be a little bit like okay what's next like let just get it all out here like let's figure it out so we can clear it but uh it's interesting mm-hmm. it's always a journey yeah something that has helped me is like extreme presence and like bringing your attention into 
literally everything that's going on around you, getting as sensual as possible, recognizing different smells, recognizing touch and really creating safety in your body because I've, I found in, in my experience, I'm in my head. When I'm starting to feel uncomfortable and am recognizing that like there's there's a, a disconnect of safety here, but mm-hmm. logically I know that I'm safe, it's because I'm almost like questioning how I'm feeling instead mm-hmm. of just being and mm-hmm. feeling how I'm feeling. I'm like, what should I be feeling? What do I actually feel? It's just like allowing myself to be as present as possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, would we go through certain things, we become hyper aware to our, our environment. And so mm-hmm. we're always scanning like radar guns. Like we're always looking back and forth, up and down unconsciously looking for like a small sign of danger, like, like a minute, like nothing, a grain of salt, the pieces of sand. And so when we have to like come back to reality and like turn that off, I think it's always a work in progress a little bit. Like we can make great strides, but um, when we're so used to being in a certain state, we have to consciously keep pulling ourselves out of it to create that new normal. And um, Mm -hmm. I'm really glad how much progress that we've made because um, what we've been through is, I don't want to say it's common, but it's definitely not, our stories are not fully rare. And I think that it would be really beneficial for more women to just feel okay with, you know, feeling this way and knowing that Mm -hmm. they're not alone. Yeah. I'm really grateful that, um, you're open to sharing that as well. Um, I'm really curious about the dissociation being something that you can consciously do now too. I feel like you could, does that help you in different visualizations that you do? Or I feel like you could do healing work with that. I do actually. And I didn't realize what it was um, Whoa. <laughs> for a while. I know. Um, I also can do this thing. I know I looked at this up once and I was telling my grandma and she was like, what are you, what she just goes with it now, but she's like, <laughs> I don't know any of this stuff. This doesn't make sense. But, yeah. um, when I was younger, I could, and I can still do it. I can stare at a spot, like someone's face, something, and they free, like they freeze, right? Everything behind them. Let me just redo that. So mm-hmm. I do, I can do this thing where I stare at a, like a, something specific, like someone's face or an object and everything around them goes black and white, but they don't, they stay in color. Okay. And as I do that, their face changes. Okay. And I can actually see like, if that's actually how I see people's aura is because, because it's black and white behind them, I can see the colors that they're in or around or off putting or radiating out. And it's really interesting because I used to think that that was something that I did when I was scared because like, oh, like going, you know, having your vision go black and white, like, you know, and having things kind of freeze. I thought it was like a protection mechanism, but I I don't even know what you would call that. I think I had found someone like years ago that could like do the same thing. There was an article like this guy in Europe and I was like, where are you? Like, how, what's your email? Like, oh, well, how can you do this too? I want to like pick your brain. Cause like, this is so weird. Um, but besides that with the, I just like call it mirroring. I know it's not, it probably has a different name, but when you can pull yourself out of your body, um, 
it's really interesting to, to not even be in a meditative state at all, but to see yourself from a different point of view. Um, I've also heard people talk about how that could be like, you're in a different dimension or a different reality, or you're seeing something before and afters. I get a ton of deja vu, um, and just having things happen in a way to where it's so smooth that I'm like, how is this? Like, it's like, this was whole, like all mapped out in a way. Um, and it's, it's really interesting, but as I've allowed myself to just kind of accept it and be like, well, what's going to happen today and be open it, everything just, it amplifies even more because what we accept or just what we're open to, we're able to like really focus our energy and increase that or learn more about it or have it be in a way that can serve us or what we're doing or help other people. And so your gifts and your abilities, they're not, they're not scary. You're not crazy. Um, you don't need to discredit your experiences or what's happened to you, like your mystical things or, um, you know, experiences that you have had in your mind or in your body. But, um, I think it's more like what you do with it and it doesn't have to be so like, well, what is this? And like, what does it mean? And just like, I don't know what it means. Like we're on a floating rock. I don't know. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> it's not that serious. Yeah. 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 It can be, but like, it doesn't need to be always. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So fucking cool. So how do you use that in like healing, healing ways? So, um, I know that you do a lot of inner child healing. I do what's called body scans on people. And, um, that's what I call it now. Again, all these terms I'm using have literally just pulled from my brain. They could be totally off of what someone else may say. I haven't read like books or anything on this or done any studies, um, a lot of the information I get is just downloads. So my body scans, as I would recall it, I've only done them in person so far for people, but I get them into a trans state and I have them do like a certain type of like relaxation from like the toes to the head. And then from there we go back and I have them think about the first memory that comes to their mind from their past. Um, and I, I go actually, I go back with them. Um, and so we take them as their present self of however old they are into a memory. And as they describe stuff, as I'm relaxed, I can see everything that they're seeing. Like I can describe stuff without even them having to say to me what it is. Um, I've heard someone call this remote viewing also, like you can go back in time with this and to find information and things, but uh, it's funny. I did it with my grandma and she was like, that's cool. What was that? I was like, I don't know. I think I'm going to call it a body scan. And she's like, okay. Like it was just so like natural for me. And, um, it's really interesting, like how much has really shifted and things that I thought would just sound absolutely crazy. They just, they don't anymore. Like, I don't think I could be phased at this point. And I never would consider myself a spiritual person. Like I just wasn't into any of that stuff. Like someone would just come in and talk about astrology and I'd be like, okay, like, that's cool. Like, yeah, like do your thing, whatever. And now like when something happens, I'm like, yeah, that's a Libra in me. Like I could just see her like coming out. Like, it's so funny how much I've changed because yeah. I've just accepted it. And like, when you have a clear idea of like who you actually are at the core and even like past life stuff and like who just who you're meant to be here, like what you can do, everything just 
go, like flows a lot better. You don't take things so hard and so stressful and so serious. And that's how I used to be for so long before I like healed and unpacked a lot of the trauma and things I was packing around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like such a huge piece of self-acceptance, right? Like you no longer are feeling shameful for the things that you feel like made you different, which like what a fucking gift that is that you are able to do that. Thank you. Yeah, it's really cool. I really enjoy it. I would love to learn how to do that remotely. I'm sure that's possible some way. Yeah. Um, well, if you want to experiment, I'm so into it. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny to have people be like, wow, I'm so emotional. And it's like, yeah, when's the last time you cried? Like you have yeah. a lot like stored up here. Like, um, but I think yeah. it's, our bodies can really surprise us on like what it's wanting to purge and get rid of, you know, it doesn't want to be weighed down by the stuff that's happened to you. Like the bad things, like it wants you to feel good and energized. And like, that's your birthright of just being happy and vibing high and doing your thing. Um, we're not meant to just walt around and just kind of mellow out and um and be and be miserable that's not anyone's purpose yeah and i also love that you pointed out you know we actually come into the world feeling that way we come into the world as so light and having like this great understanding of this world and what we're meant to do and how we're meant to feel like kids have the most fun which is why we reintroduce the inner child and we encourage play and Mm -hmm. all these things like you shouldn't being childish is such a gift like it's such a good thing and Mm -hmm. as we move through life is when we're told no and we're told that oh it should be like this and we should think this way and we should do this and we just become so boxed in but it's the same thing with holding on to emotions like thinking of an experience i i have a client who has sort of like a sixth sense sixth sense almost like you were describing like she can go visit and do healing with what she calls the violet flame and i don't know if you've heard of this before it's like a technique that people know about Okay. I I think I've maybe heard about it, but I don't know anything specific about it. Yeah. So she had gone and it's in like a trance state, a meditative state and visited somebody who there was just a loss in their family. And there's a young, um, there's a young child in the family. And so she went to visit and do healing and just clear the energy of their house. And she could sense this understanding from the child that like they were okay. And they understood that, you know, this person was like, the the person had successfully made it to their destination. And the child understood because they were so much closer to the veil than we are at this point in our journeys, having been on the planet for longer than a child. So it's just amazing. Like what we, what we learn to hold on to versus what we come into this world understanding and just different things that we cover up. Yeah, absolutely. 
And um, I think it's easy to to want to smooth over things that are uncomfortable, things that we mm-hmm. aren't maybe necessarily at the top of like our five favorite memories or the things that have happened. <laughs> yeah. But um, when we're able to just accept what it is and like meet it where it's at or meet us where we're at at that point, we go through this transformation of healing and everything goes so much more faster when we stop resisting, when we stop like dragging our feet because it is uncomfortable. Um, but that's so cool that she can do that. I think a lot of us have really unique or not even unique, but just really cool gifts. And so many of us have them turned off. And so that's why you see people being like, oh, that's like, not really, that's not possible. And it's like, well, yeah, Shelly, like you, like, don't, you turned <laughs> off all your things. Like, of course, like, you're not going to think that, but if you could just, you could see what you could do, you would, I mean, she'd be a lifer. She'd be like promoting like all of us, like just for the fun of it, because she'd be like, this, this stuff is so cool. Like it works. It's real. Look at this. And uh, those are my mm-hmm. kind of favorite people. People even like me that I'm like, that's not real to be like, oh shit. Okay. Well, I was wrong there. And it's okay to be wrong. Anyone that's listening, it's okay to like change your mind, be wrong, disagree with yourself or just pivot. Like that's all right. You don't have to stay the same for forever. Actually, I applaud you to not stay the same. Please don't do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And something that comes up is like after integrating different pieces of my past and just different lessons that I've learned, um, I feel like I've lived entire different lifetimes and like, this is the best one so far. So I've lived different lifetimes. Yeah. But I mean, like in my current life as Cassie, Uh huh. well, your soul remembers. So you, you have right. that and you probably meet people now that you've met before, which is why you probably click well. Right. Uh, yeah. I just mean like, the the person that i was at 16 feels like an entire different life mm-hmm. like just so much has changed and you know with with change could definitely come resistance and at the same time with change also comes so much more freedom like if you're willing to just accept it and embrace the change with open arms it's not always easy and it doesn't always like glide into something different but like just opening yourself up to the possibility of the experience being really amazing is what's gonna get you through like knowing that there's some some sort of light on the other end Mm -hmm. um but something significant that you said in the when you were first introducing yourself is you felt like you never fit in and this idea is mirrored in so many people's stories like so many people that i have interviewed on this podcast i know i felt this way like i had a ton of friends in high school and growing up but like i still felt like the odd man out for some reason and i think that that comes with people who come into the space as very conscious and very connected people who are very intuitive people who are gifted they always say that they always feel like they were never fitting in or were always the odd man out yeah yeah it's really interesting how many people you're right feel like that and it's the people that are supposed to change the world because you can't change it by being just like it you have to be different and you mm-hmm. have to 
think bigger or think differently to be able to shift people's perspective or open them up a little bit, crack mm. them in like an acorn or I heard someone say that. And I was like, that's hilarious. I'm going to use it crack them <laughs> like an acorn or, you know, a pistachio of just like, you know, what, like what, you know, is not everything that, mm-hmm. you know, like there's so much more. Um, yeah, I love that. It's just so, it's funny to like be unique, but also like so relatable at the same way of like, sure. We, we, we might feel alone, but we are all connected consciously. Like we are all like we are all one at the end of the day, we all came from the same place. And it's interesting to shift from a conscious level, even into like in a hyper, like ultra conscious to where you can see people that are struggling or like see people that are in pain and you actually can see part of you in them of like how they're responding and to be able to have like compassion for people that think all different types of ways and are in all different types of you know, turning points on their journeys to be able to just accept that and allow people to sometimes figure out their lessons on their own or have them implore their own way of thinking. It's a beautiful thing. I wish more people uh, allowed that or just felt good about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a previous mentor who used to always say that she could get on a plane and fly and point to anywhere in the world that she wanted the plane to land and she could get off and be in a crowd of people and make eye contact with any random person. And after a certain period of time, they would just both recognize each other because coming back to what you just said, we're all one, like this journey of one. And I was smiling so big when you said that because I'm so my podcast comes out every Friday and we're recording this on Friday. My episode today is all about the journey of one. Okay. That's and cool. so, so the fact that you said it, I was like, okay, synchronistic. And yeah. I, I even thought about it before we started recording. I was like, she's going to bring this up and then I'm just going to link it back to exactly what's coming out today. So, so That's funny. So funny. That's hilarious. This morning I journaled about, um, there was a lady with her kids and she was, it was out this morning and I was getting breakfast and she, she looked like she hadn't had a lot of sleep and she wasn't being, you know, as patient with the little ones as maybe she would have wanted to be later on. And, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, wow, like that, she's having such a hard time. Like if we could shift into a state of like, you know, compassion of like, well, it's a child, you know? like, let them be a child, like, let them, like, why, why let the yelling bother you, you know, maybe they can't, maybe they don't know words yet, like, I don't know, like, the ages for, like, you know, when they're supposed to be able to formulate sentences and things, but when we see stuff out, or when I see people out that are not, like, at their high, like, their best self, or, like, they're vibing in a way that would suit them better, I feel like compassion. Like I want to come walk over and be like, hi, like, can I help you? But like, how weird (laughs) would that be? Like, this is what I struggle with guys is like being Kaylee. You can't like, you can't even just go offer because like that they might get all weird about it, but I've also offered before and it's been so helpful. Um, and like one time I was on a plane and this baby, Oh, I love babies, but man, this baby was not having this flight at all. And this, I don't know if this lady was like, just not vibing with her baby, but I was like, do you mind if I just hold him to sleep in 30 seconds? If I would have done that an hour before, like I would have, everyone on there, like, would have me. like it was just so, it was great. <laughs> so when we're more compassionate with people that are like, 
having a hard time, the more we do that, the more we can feel how connected we all are. And you actually feel bad for people that are struggling and you want to just help them because you want to help them and, and mm-hmm. vice versa. And um, I love that, like the synchronicities that are going on, but yeah, I felt so bad for her earlier. I was like, well, I should have said something, but maybe not. People get all weird about it sometimes. Yeah. But like that just goes to show how powerful your vibration was when you were on the plane and you held the baby and it just like immediately fell asleep. Like who knows what was going on for the woman who was with the baby. I know. So, so beautiful. Um, so just kind of circling back, I'm curious because you have such a great awareness now and you have so, so much to offer. Like you have so many beautiful gifts. I'm wondering what it was for you or what different tools it may have been that really got you to this place. Like you said therapy was not really it for you, like helpful in a way, but also not Mm -hmm. really. So what was it for you that really was like, this is working? So the one thing that therapy did give me was a sounding board. Um, the therapist that I had for quite a while, I'm not going to name her name. Cause like, I'm actually writing a book and, um, she's going to be like part in there. I'm doing a bunch of stuff behind the scenes, but so I won't name her oh name, gosh. but, um, to be able to have that support from her was great. So in the aspect of therapy of having a sounding board, I think that is a great option for anyone who, doesn't feel like you have someone in your family or your friends that really you can trust and you can really just be so vulnerable with that it, you know, you don't hesitate at all. Um, most of us don't have that. Um, there's always like a little bit of resistance usually depending on like what's happened to us prior. So to be able there's to like have a bias in the relationship too. Yeah, exactly. Cause they know you. So having a third party is good. If someone doesn't have a support system, I recommend that. Um, I actually think that the one thing that really changed the trajectory of my life was actually hitting rock bottom. Like, I don't think it was an actual tool. It was like almost losing my life and then almost taking my life, my, myself a few times for me to be like, all right, it's not working. One, I was like really upset because I was like, I'm over this. I'm over the pain. I'm over the struggling. I was doing so much trying to feel better And I was always just feeling so misunderstood. And that's the worst feeling, like not even to feel angry or confused, but to feel alone is the worst feeling in the world. To feel like you were on this planet with all of these people, but yet you could be like on a planet by yourself. And that's truly how it felt for for a long time. And so I just got to a point to where I was in so much physical pain and it was that same year where I was having all these doctor visits and all these things. And they wanted to like do, I remember they wanted to do like neck surgery one time, right? They were like, oh, like, cause I couldn't move my neck. I was like getting like actually like immobile, like to where I wasn't able mm-hmm. to like move properly. And um, I remember them doing x-rays and the specialist was so confused. He was like, um, Kayla, I don't see any, any, anything wrong with you like your bones are they, they look okay like you're a little bit out of alignment but like I don't see where I would want to operate and I'm not comfortable giving you a surgery and having you feel the same way when you get out and hearing that was like 
what, what, like, what do you mean? Like, and so getting all these like weird, just diagnosis from doctors and things combined with my depression and my anxiety combined with a toxic relationship combined with my mom and my grandma not talking and arguing combined with my dad not being as present in my life as I wanted to be mixed with having friends that don't understand you mixed with starting a business and a career to distract yourself from all this other stuff that literally tanked me like I was like just floating on like I don't know floating on nothing floating on myself like just trying to swim and keep my head above water for so long that I was like okay I'm sinking myself like this is done and that was the only time where I I prayed I was like okay you have a I was like god you have a week okay you need to and this is like so <laughs> this is so like real and raw like this sounds funny but I was so serious I was like on the bathroom floor I had tripped and fell over. I couldn't even get myself out, like off of the floor because I was so weak and I was just crying and screaming. And I remember like, <laughs> I remember kicking my legs in the air. Like if someone could have seen this, I would have looked like I was five years old because that was the five-year-old of me being like, we're done. We're like, mic drop, we're out. Like we're calling the shots like in the next life because this one just sucked. But I was freaking out on the bathroom floor and I was so mad and um, I didn't have my phone on me so I couldn't call anyone. So I laid there for like four or five hours. And, uh, I was like, God, you have a week, please. You have a week to give me some doctor or some, some specialist you have, you have seven days to like, to either help me or like, I'm coming home. Like I'm coming home early. I don't care what you say. Like I'm over it. And I've never felt that like just done with anything ever. And it actually kind of scared me. And so after that point, um, my boyfriend at the time, or was it my grandma? I can't remember. One of them had stopped by and helped me up and everything. And of course, like, you know, they're all worried and whatever, but like my health had like declined so fast and rapidly. I was dying. Like I had lost so much weight. Um, and then I would rapidly like put, like put weight back on to where it was just really bad. Um, so after that night, the next day I was sitting on my bed and I was writing out letters to everyone, to my grandma, to my mom, to friends, to my dad, explaining what was going on in a way that they would understand and kind of like, like an exit sheet, like, you know, like kind of a checklist of like how I felt or anything I wanted to say before, like I left, you know, because I was like, well, this is it. Like, there's no other option. Like nothing else is happening. I'm not getting any better. Like I've been to so many different doctors, like endocrinologists, like specialists, surgeons, like you name it. Um, and it's funny. I was getting a massage. Um, it's funny. So I was getting a massage. Um, and I was getting like a myofascial release massage and I had been getting them for quite a while because I had so much tightness in my body. My body was so anxious. I remember her being like, Kayla, I've never really had someone to wear like your, like your, like your toes are tight. Like every like little part of your finger is like tight and like everything was pulling on each other. And that's what was making me to where I, I couldn't walk. I couldn't get up. I, I would just drop everything. I couldn't even walk my dogs or open the fridge door. Like, it was just like, I was like 95 years old in like my early twenties. That's how it felt. Um, and so 
as I was in my appointment and she knew like a little bit was what was going on, but I also have this thing about me and I can't do it very much anymore, which is good. But I used to call it my superpower where I could be at rock bottom or whatever. And no one would know, like, that's what I really felt like I would be really good about just having a different persona or like trying to be someone else in person to where people didn't really actually understand how bad it was like until I would actually share something with them. You could see in photos because that's obvious, right? But like one-to-one, I was pretty good about like, oh yeah, like, you know, I'm fine, like getting through it, you know, and I never wanted to to worry anyone and I never wanted to become like a, a bother or a problem or I didn't really know what was going on. So I felt uncomfortable sharing that with someone else. Like, I don't know, like, I just feel like I'm dying. Um, and on paper, I was dying. And through my appointment with her, it was like 90 minutes. She was like, oh, like there's this, um, there's this specialist that I think you might want to go see. And I was like, one, I got a ping of being like, okay, God, that was fast one. But also I was like, why now? Like why, when I've asked for help, why now? Like why are, why have you ignored? Cause that's how I felt. I felt like I was being ignored this whole time of me asking for help and like spending all this money and just like being so stressed and overwhelmed. Why now is he bringing that to, to my awareness? Like when I was on the bathroom floor crying, like, did it take that much for me to get there? And, um, I call this place. I get out of this appointment with her. I call this place immediately. They have a cancellation the next day, which they never have cancellations. It's like not a thing. They're always booked out months in advance. And I was like, oh, all right, this is how it's going to work. Okay. I was like, well, damn, I guess I'm going to have to like, you know, throw away those letters or whatever. So I get an appointment. I go in there. Um, there's a few people in there. The first person runs a full blood panel, figures out like what I'm deficient in and things. And what's interesting is that when we're deficient in like in certain vitamins and minerals for a long time, it puts the state of body, like it puts our state into a more susceptible, like state for disease, like for creating things in our body, right? Because we're not able to have what we need to function. And so with the mental health and the, or the mental illness and those types of things I was dealing with, plus the physical health, I wasn't healthy. I was barely lucky if I could eat soup or something like I was not taking care of my body at all. And for the years before that running on empty, eating fast food, shoving my face full of goldfish, eating granola bars, because I like my brain was just always popping off with like, oh, you got to work. Oh, you got school. Oh, you have this. Oh, you have that. You have that. Oh, you have your dogs. Like there was just like, it was go, go, go. That's all I knew. Um, so yeah, I was deficient in a lot of stuff after they did the full blood panel and everything. And I got supplements. There was another person in there that I was able to see. And, um, I don't know what we, what we would call him. We would call him, um, just the person that saved my life basically along with myself. Um, and he specializes in a lot of things from like cranial sacral therapy, um, oriental medicine, like chiropractic so much of just the mind, body, soul connection. And he was the first person that I went to. And like, within like the first 10 minutes, I was like, damn, you get it. Okay, cool. Like, and immediately like so much just resistance just melted because I could see that he knew exactly like who I was and what I was feeling, what was going on. And it was like, my prayers had been answered, but for so long, even after that, I was like, why did it take me going to my lowest of lows 
to where this happened. And what's important to think about is we, our prayers or our, um, our intentions are always answered. It just may not be the answer we want, and it may not be in the timeline that we want them to be. And I needed to go through all of that to understand how important trauma and energy and our DNA and our cells are just all of that combined, like how important that actually is for people's health. Because if I didn't go through that, I would not be able to do what I'm doing right now. I would not understand it. I would have not lived through it. Um, and I love to be able to have that example from my own experience because I personally could not teach or help someone in something that I haven't gone through myself. I, I am speechless by your resilience that story literally has me speechless wow yeah, it Kayla. Was a lot. and uh yeah i know it was a lot and i there was a lot of it where i thought i was crazy i was like there's no way your body's attacking mm. itself there's no way that you're so unhealthy and you're 23 like there's no way like there's how is that possible I was like, how come, how can things that happen to you create this? Like how it just didn't make any sense. But um, that's why I want to be so like open and share with everyone because there's a lot that people don't realize that like they pack around and how it affects us. And um, I, I didn't believe it at all. I wanted some doctor to be like, oh yeah, you, you need a surgery. Like, okay, simple. Like you have a bulge disc or you have this or some medical, some medical diagnosis. Like that's actually what I wanted. And then I shifted to a state of thinking, well, maybe it's not like physical, just like, maybe it's not. I would notice that after my massages, I would feel great. And, um, I was also doing like micro neurofeedback too, which like rewires and like kind of resets those neural pathways. And I'd done quite a few treatments of that. And, um, I noticed that my, my symptoms would get worse when I got mad and when I got upset and I was like, that's weird. Like now you're, now you are crazy. Like, where's like the, where do I call to go put myself in a padded room? Like, I was like, that's weird. And, uh, I was the, like, I was the best case study that I could have ever witnessed myself because it was totally the opposite of what I would have ever imagined is actually true. And I think that's a lot of us, like you don't, it's hard sometimes to believe it until you see it, but I'm for anyone that's listening, like you have to believe in it or be open to it, to be able to see it, to see the correlation and to actually understand to the details and like to the process of how it all works. Yeah. And it's, it's so crazy to see how deeply affected your physical being was by everything that you are carrying and storing spiritually and emotionally. Yeah. Like just packing around like 50 extra pounds and just so like, just so low. I felt so bad. 
and and it, it was obvious like everything I attracted in my environment was low low people bad habits you know not mm-hmm. taking care of myself I didn't know what self-love was I thought that was just a bunch of like horse shit like honestly and mm-hmm. I just did I didn't believe in it it's like there's yeah. no way <laughs> But like for you at that point in your life, self-love looked like drinking a bottle of water. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, oh, you're feeling sad. Okay. You get to go to Taco Bell and you get to order, you know, your usual of whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And even now, this is kind of funny. I'll just add this in. When I'm craving Taco Bell, I know it's her being like, "Mm," like we're uncomfortable, like something's going on. Sometimes I will actually allow myself to go get Taco Bell. And I'll come back and we'll journal. I say we as in like me going into my mind of being like, okay, how are you feeling? There are certain foods I can crave and I can know exactly what age Kayla is that's like trying to like have her like moment. So I'm like, okay, you get like five minutes of like doing whatever. <laughs> but um, or I'll do the same thing with cereal. There's like the peanut butter, I don't know, Captain, the, the Captain Crunch, the peanut yeah. butter, whatever that I'm like oh okay so seven-year-old's coming out all right cool like I think we need to just that's okay like that needs to be a normal thing to not even just with food but to accept all parts of you and know that they're still in you and the lighter you become the more you heal through trauma and things the more they're more like accepting to come out and the more you all can like symbiotically like live in like one space and they don't have to like take the reins or take the driver's seat of your present life and have you lash out like you were five years old or like have you respond as if you're 15 because you see people that do that and that's really like all that's happening so if anyone gets any weird cravings that they used to have when they were younger, you're going to think back to this moment with Cassie and Kayla and be like, okay, all right, how old was I? What's going on? Yeah, I love that connection. I love that connection. It's so cool. Um, there was another question I was going to ask based on that. I don't know if it's going to come back, but I also really wanted to draw the attention to you during all this during this time period the biggest thing that you didn't want was to bother anyone like you didn't want anyone to worry about you you didn't want to anyone to think twice so you played it off right like you showed up and put on a face and you're like i'm i'm good i'm fine mm-hmm. and something i really want everyone to take home is like I'm sure the people in your life that cared about you were more than willing to help. And you actually become more of a bother by trying to avoid it. And you create way more problems by avoiding it and fighting the resistance than you do when you just admit that like, holy fuck, I need help right now. I'm struggling with this. And can you hold my hand while I take these steps? Or can you walk me through this? Like, can you bring me here? Can you help me through this? Can you hold space for me? Asking for help, like people are so much more willing to soften and hold you and guide you than you putting on a face and fighting fighting it. Like when we, when we choose that route, where we are fighting the resistance and we're putting on a face. It's 
easier for us to just be seen? Loud truck. It's easier for us to just be seen in that state of, oh, she's triggered, she's pissed off, she's this or that, versus, okay, this is coming from me really struggling right now. This is what I'm dealing with. And people can see us as that version of somebody who's struggling and who's working through something versus why the fuck is Cassie pissed that she just dropped her bowl of cereal? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. How people respond or what we do says usually more about the state that we're in than it does the external reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, please, please ask for help. And also if you're someone like me, like my grandma, she, um, has had like some mental, um, battles and things in like her life with like depression and different anxieties and stuff. And, uh, one time this was like about six months before all this stuff like really happened. It was just like so hardcore, but, um, I was taking a shower and she, had like kind of broke like the door a little bit getting in because she was scared that I was like hurting myself in the shower. Like I was like taking my life or something. And I was so mad about it, like mad of like her coming into my bedroom and in the bathroom, like without, you know, asking which one, like she was just worried. So if you have anyone in your life that is trying to help you and you're just trying to shut them out, just know that like they're doing it out of love and if you feel a certain type of way, ask yourself why, like, why are you frustrated or why are you mad? Why is this, why are you trying to act like you're okay when you're obviously not, and you're not doing a good job of, you know, acting like you're fine. And I hate that word also, like the word fine. Like that's what I used to say when I was like doing my worst. So now when people say it, I'm like triggered. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, I won't, I won't like, I won't grill them. I am in my head, but I will like read their body language and be like, mm-hmm, I see, I see this, I see that. And it's, it's kind of funny. It's like a little game I play. And then when, when you're like, oh, so you're feeling sad right now. And they're like, well, how did you, how did you know that? It's like, oh, well just did like a little scan on you, but uh, take the help please. And if you don't have someone in your life that you feel like you can get help from, um, you can always come to us. Like we're always open. Our DMS are open. If you need anything, or if you want to find a good therapist that can be a sounding board for you, um, I definitely recommend it. And you need a support system. Like you cannot do everything by yourself. You're not supposed to be alone or by yourself and you will have people around you that love you in time. Even if you don't feel like that right this second, you deserve that you'll have that and just know that like all that's coming if it's not so apparent right now yeah and it's so important to just stay open to the possibility of that and like you were saying even with the people who are in your life that you are annoyed by because they're being really nosy or they are overly pushy with one way like what are they what is the message that they're actually trying to convey to you even though they may be dancing around actually asking you how you are or addressing something that they probably already know is going on in your head and you're trying to play it off like you don't need anything and you're so independent and blah 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 like accept the help and just Fucking let that in. Like, 
the Mexico sounds are popping off today. Just be be willing to accept the help because a lot of times, and I use this quote all the time, but like a heart surgeon can't perform heart surgery on themselves. So you may have all this self-awareness and you may think like, I've got it together. I fig- I can figure it out. I know what's going on with me. I don't need help. Even though you may feel that way, or maybe you don't know what's going on. The people around you are probably picking up the signs. So if there's somebody that's trying to help you, stay curious, stay open, because the people around you most likely have a lot of love for you. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, Kayla, this was so beautiful. I know that this story, your story is going to be so transformational for so many people. My audience is about to leave me and become obsessed with you. Um, (laughs) And I'm just so grateful that you were willing to be so open and share your experiences here. It's truly such a gift to be able to hear you. And I'm also so grateful that you're writing your story and sharing it in a book. That's going to be incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, I have loved being able to sit down and record this with you and to be able to share just where I've come from, like where I've come from and what's happened and how I've been able to just change it all around and rewrite the story Mm. is, um, it's fun to share. It's fun to talk about. And, I um I really appreciate this opportunity and being able to connect more. Yeah. And uh, I hope that everything that we talked about today resonates with some listeners and anyone that thought they were crazy now is like, nope, I'm normal. Okay, cool. And now I'm going to ask for help when I need it and, you know, be able to just see parts of them and accept them all as they already are. So, mm. Yeah. Thank you so much. Do you have any last little bits that are lingering on your heart that you're like, I need to make sure that this gets out or do you feel complete? Um, I don't think so. For anyone who has dabbled into like different healing modalities and stuff, um, I am offering EFT tapping, which is like the emotional freedom technique. And it can be done in person or remotely. And it's basically recentering the energy centers and the meridians of the body, similar to acupuncture, but minus the needles. So it's something that I love to do for people. And um, I am booking calls still and taking clients. So if that's something that you would like to try, or maybe you've tried it before and you want to see the different modalities and things that I've woven into that, like the body scans and stuff. Um, then yeah, I applaud you to, to check it out. It's pretty cool. Awesome. And I'll have all of your information linked in the show notes, but where's the best pay, best place for people to find you? I would say Instagram. Yeah. Just at, uh, energetically her. And then we also have one for the podcast too. If anyone's curious about more of the, of the audio clips and things there. Awesome. I'll make sure that both of those are included in the show notes. Well, thank you again for being here. This was amazing. I'm glad we went in with zero expectations. We just let what was meant to be heard come out today. So thank you so much, Kayla. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks everyone for listening.